Telecoso Tefalo O Akan Unitarians Telecoto La Mother Here No Bai Hirebai Ki Te Hui Ate Ra Ne Ko Clay Nelson Toku Ingua No Re Ira Telecoto 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 Katoa Welcome, welcome all to our church follow and visitors to this place of worship, virtual and physical, made sacred by Auckland Unitarians for 122 years. Welcome to those joining us remotely and to those here in the building and to those watching the recording at a later time. For those here in person, you all are invited to join us for a cup of coffee and tea immediately following the service. It is our sacrament of hospitality. I welcome you to the danger of this moment. May you find in this community the comfort and the challenge the love and the energy you need. You are welcome as you are. You find us as we are. This morning, our focus is on the seven principles, how they came to be, their role in our faith, and seeking to answer the question, have they passed their use-by date? My opening words are by Viola Abbott. We are Unitarian Universalists. When we lift up our seven principles, some of us think of them as a form of theology. But they are more important to our collective than that. They do not tell us what we should believe, they tell us how we should be. They tell us how we should act in the larger world and with each other. We are brought here today by the fact that Unitarian Universalism has fallen short of the image that was presented to the world and to many of those who embrace this religion. But we are also brought here today by the truth that Unitarian Universalism has shifted course to move toward a place of wholeness, a place that perhaps never existed for us as a denomination. It has been a long and sometimes unforgiving road to today, but we are here today because we are mindful of that past and because we have hope for the future. We want the practice of this faith to be a fulfilling manifestation of its promise. Open your hearts. Seek new ways of understanding. Come, 
let us worship together. For our chalice lighting by Deborah Burrell. Fire consumes and casts a bright light. May our chalice flame consume our regrets for the past, our fears about the future, and our worries about today. May it light for us a path of joy and peace. Can someone, in the very back of your book, your, you'll find our covenant of this congregation. If you wish, you're welcome to recite with me that covenant. Love is the doctrine of this church. The quest for truth is sacrament. And truth is prayer. To dwell together in peace. To seek knowledge of freedom. To serve humankind and fellowship. To the end that all souls shall grow in harmony. Thus do we combine with each other and with our God. My reading is by Scott Alexander. At one point in her novel, Fly Away Home, American writer, sorry, sometimes the hours work, sometimes they don't, American writer Marge Piercy has a mother say to her daughters, the girls have been raised Unitarian which seemed a nice, sensible compromise between having no religion at all and having to lie about what we believed. Enough religion to be respectable, but not enough to get in the way. Ouch, that hurts. If, like me, you are proud to be a Unitarian, universalist, and strive to be serious about your own religious life. But whether we like it or not, this is precisely what many people from other faith groups think of you, you. Remember the old jokes? What is a Unitarian? What is Unitarian Universalism? Answer, a way station between Methodism and the golf course. Question, what do you get when you cross a Jehovah's Witness with a Unitarian Universalist? Someone who knocks at your door for no particular particular reason. (laughs) One old down east Maine fisherman asks another, Unitarian Universalist, what's that? To which the other draws back, well, best I can figure, that's someone who has no principles and lives by them. (laughs) I used to laugh when someone told 
jokes about how laid back and lax we you use are about our religion. But I'm not laughing anymore. I've stopped laughing because I realize how terribly important it is for me to take my religious life seriously. As I reached midlife, oh, those were the days, and approached my 50th birthday, I find myself increasingly compelled by life's vast spiritual questions and pressing ethical demands. I've stopped laughing because I believe with all my heart and soul this troubled world desperately needs the compassionate and saving vision of Unitarian Universalism. I believe people, millions of people, of many different cultures and backgrounds need this transforming faith. I've stopped laughing because we can no longer allow ourselves to be marginalized, ridiculed, or dismissed. Unitarian Universalism will never realize its great potential and mission unless we are in both reputation and reality, serious religious people. For my random musings, I've, I've entitled them, Have the Seven Principles Passed Their Use-By State? Last week, we explored the many challenges of being a living tradition, the biggest being finding consensus when we don't have a creed, holy book of revelation, or ecclesiastical authority. In 2006, UU World, a UU World editorial entitled How the UU Principles and Purposes Were Adopted, uh, Warren Ross had this to say about the problem. The importance of our ability to express a set a set of shared core beliefs was well described by the Reverend Eugene Pickett when he assumed the UUA presidency in 1979. Referring to the problems, our, our confusion as to that, as to what word we have to spread. Not sure I said that right. The deeper malaise lies in our confusion as to what word we have to spread. The old watchwords of liberalism, freedom, reason, tolerance, worthy though they may be, are simply not catching the imagination of the contemporary world. They describe a process for approaching the religious depth, but they testify to no intimate acquaintance with the depth 
themselves. If we are ever to speak to an age, we must supplement our seeking with some profound religious finds. To keep the timeline straight, Pickett expressed his frustration 18 years after the merger of Unitarians and Universalists, and five years before a solution was offered in the six principles and six sources. Yes, it was only six. The seventh was not adopted until nine years later. I'm sure all seven principles just roll off your tongue. But as a reminder, here they are. We desire openly to de declare our belief as a denomination that God moved by his own love did raise up Jesus to aid in our redemption from sin, did by him pour a a fresh flood of purified life through the withered veins of humanity and along the corrupted channels of the world and is by his religion forever sweeping the nations with regenerating gales from heaven and visiting the hearts of men with celestial sol solicitations. We receive the teachings of Christ separated from all foreign admix admixtures and later accretions as infallible truth from God. Oops, <laughs> wrong principles. <laughs> These were the stated principles of Unitarians in 1853. Let me try again. Whereas the great opportunities and demands for Christian labor and consecration at this time increase our sense of the obligations of all disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ to prove their faith by self-denial and by the devotion of their lives and possession to the service of God and the building up the kingdom of the Son, Therefore, the Christian churches of the Unitarian faith here assembled unite themselves in a common body. Bloody hell, I still don't have it right. This was a proclamation from a later set of Unitarian principles, those from the Unitarian Covenant of 1865 at the end of the Civil War. Not one to give up easily. Let me try again. The essential principles of the universalist faith are these. The universal fatherhood of God, the spiritual authority and leadership of his son, Jesus Christ, the trustworthiness of the Bible as containing a revelation from God, the certainty of just retribution for sin, and the final harmony of all souls with God. You guessed it. Still missing the mark. As does this, the five principles proclaimed by a universalist in 1899. 
the universal fatherhood of God, the spiritual authority and leadership of his son, Jesus Christ, the trustworthiness of the Bible as contained in revelation from God, the certainty of just retribution for sin, the final harmony of all souls with God. Close to the former one, just more succinct. Well, being the bright people you are, I'm sure you get the point. Since 1790, Unitarian and Universalists sought to find a consensus around their beliefs. These examples are just a sampling. There were heaps of attempts. They were finally on the right path when the two merged in 1961. The members of the Unitarian Universalist Associations dedicated to the principles of a free faith unite in seeking to strengthen one another in a free and disciplined search for truth as the foundation of religious fellowship, to cherish and spread the universal truth taught by the great prophets and teachers of humanity in every age and tradition, immemorially summarized in their essence as love to God and love to man to affirm, defend, and promote the supreme worth of every human personality, the dignity of man, and the use of the democratic method in human relations. To implement our vision of one world by striving for a world community founded on ideals of brotherhood, justice, and peace. To serve the needs of member churches and fellowships, to organize new churches and fellowships, and to extend and strengthen liberal religion, to encourage cooperation with men of goodwill of all faiths in every land. Not bad, but the precise worry nearly derailed the merger at the time. The contention centered on the phrase, love to God and love to man, and a reference to our Judeo-Christian heritage. Basically, compromise kicked the can further down the road. The 2005 Commission on Appraisal I told you about last week finally acknowledged why the issue had been so contentious and remains so. There is a tendency to uncritically embrace a host of non-Christian faiths while the Christianity for which our religious tradition Brings, is subjected to abuse and scorn. What is in and also unobjectionable from the standpoint of many unreconciled former Christians is anything Eastern or earthy in nature, Hinduism, Buddhism, Native American spirituality, and pagan earth-centered religions 
have been identified as trendy and cool and acceptable among you youth. The problem with this is that fashionability of these exotic religions is frequently defined in opposition to Christianity. The exotic religions are given great latitude and not always critically examined, while any use of Christian sources in UU churches is minutely scrutinized. In truth, there is as much wisdom and insight in Jewish and Christian sources as there is in other more fashionable traditions. The reality is that all religions have their flaws and have been historically misused. By the time Pickett lamented that the founding principles no longer met the need. Women had already set us on a meandering path to forming our present principles. It was a time of second wave feminism, and women were offended by the non-inclusive language in the 1961 principles. I went through these battles only in the Episcopal Church, and can testify to how vehemently the patriarchy re resisted this move. We may think today it was a, was a big deal whether we spoke of mankind instead of humankind, but I assure you, it was. The patriarchy saw it. This change would result in men losing their dominance of the ordained ministry to women in many religions, and certainly in mainline Christianity and Unitarian Universalism. Given the attachment to the sexist language of so many men, and not a few women, it was prescient of UUA President Pickett to sense the coming of this wave. As he once told the UU Women's Gathering, you are changing the situation of women within our denomination. And in so doing, you're, you are opening up for all of us new ways of understanding and perceiving women. And we hope men as well. By 1981, there was a growing demand for new principles by a group of protesting ministers. They asked for a strong statement of principles with religious integrity, intellectual coherence, and liter literary quality. A committee reflecting UU diversity was charged with developing a draft of new principles. Walter Jones, the chair of the committee, recalls, one committee member, Harry Holder, came up with a solution to the problem. 
that had created a controversy both at the 1960 meetings and again in 1981, whether to refer to the deity and the Judeo-Christian tradition. Holler suggested dividing the statement into two parts. First, the seven principles, followed by references to five living traditions we share. A sixth tradition, earth-centered religions, was added to the statement in 1995. No one objected to language about the Jewish and Christian teachings which call us to respond to God's love when it appeared as part of a summary of historical influences on UUism. Another change Jones considers significant is this. The switch from the free and disciplined search for truth in the 1961 statement to the free and responsible search for truth and meaning suggests that the search takes place in community. Jones also considers notable the adjective inherent in place of supreme to qualify the worth of every person, since it recognizes that people's inner potential can be hidden or rejected. It is unlikely that the history of religion provides any comparable example of such intentional and committed use of inclusive, non-hierarchical processes to produce a guiding statement. After 15 years, Jones did not think the seven principles were for all ages. He had this to say. We should not be surprised at some restiveness. On the one hand, some are uneasy with what they see as a kind of creeping creedalism in the way we use the principles. On the other, there is a perception of incompleteness with important, arguably necessary, empowering assumptions about cosmic reality and our particular place in it that they leave unsaid. Still others say, uh, still others, he says, are dissatisfied with what they see as an excessive emphasis on the individual so that the creative nature of community and interdependence are only tardily and inadequately acknowledged. He goes on to say, nonetheless, no one at the moment is suggesting any drastic revisions, and yet the commitment to a free and responsible search for truth and meaning as the fourth principle puts it, carries the seeds of its own obsolescence. Just consider, well into the 20th century, 
Our Unitarian predecessors used to proclaim and teach their children that we believe in the fatherhood of God, the brotherhood of man, the leadership of Jesus, salvation through character, and the progress of mankind onward and upward forever. We would today have difficulty saying those words. At least saying them without embarrassment. Yet the people who did say them were just as intelligent just as in tune with our time and as committed to reason and free thinking as we are. In 2020, when, presumable, when everyone presumably will have perfect vision, our current principles and purposes may also be perceived to have inadequacies that demand radical rewrite. And therein lies our genius. It is a process that is rightly called renewal or regeneration. And that is what has not changed and let us hope will remain unchanged 20 or even 100 years from now. I propose that the time for that radical rewriting is now. Next week, we will look at what be, is being proposed by the Commission on Appraisal for approval in 2025. Four fifty six in your hymnal has our words for extinguishing the chalice. Please join me. We extinguish this flame. I close the words by Michael Schuler. We have reached the end of this time for the gathering of memory and for letting the imagination play with future possibilities. We have encouraged magic moments and edified each other. Shall it be concluded then? Or will this adventure now commence, continue? Our separate paths converging, meeting, merging in the unending quest for love more perfect. <clears throat> the joyous struggle for meaning more sufficient and life more abundant. Is this ending to be an ending, or merely prelude to new, more glorious beginnings? 
I pose the question, in your heart lies the answer. Um, and your question is, if you could use, the, could not use the seven principles, how would you describe UU beliefs to someone who has never heard of us before? 